Welcome to Two Open Doors, the podcast that explores our power to open or close the doors of relationship with the important people in our lives. We hope you'll learn from and share your wisdom with our community. Thanks for joining us. Human touch is a marvelous and complicated thing. In addition to providing us with information about the world around us, touch is a powerful and versatile form of communication, so much so that it has been accorded the term haptic communication. In this episode, we'll explore the major facets of touch and how it works. In an effort to stimulate conversation about this important topic, we'll close with some thought-provoking questions about touch. As members of a very social species and descendants of primate ancestors, we humans rely on touch for many social purposes. Primates use social grooming as a way to maintain social hierarchy, which governs access to food, sex, and social support. Good social standing in the troop is literally vital. Touch also functions as a peacemaking tool in defusing occurrences of aggression. Touch has many beneficial physiological effects, including the release of the hormone oxytocin, which promotes bonding, positive affect-enhancing endorphins, and a reduction in stress hormones. In the psychological domain, touch can build trust and feelings of safety, and it can eloquently convey feelings such as affection for a partner. Touch can also reduce relationship anxiety and strengthen romantic ties. It's hard to overstate the power of touch. Interestingly, studies indicate that agnostics and atheists participate more in touch than do those with strong religious convictions, most likely because of the behavioral strictures that accompany many religious belief systems. Positioning touch as somehow harmful or dirty or sinful flies in the face of how important touch is to us humans. When touch is used as a means of communication with another person, the person doing the touching has a goal for that touch, and they also have an intended meaning for the touch, that is, something specific that is to be conveyed through the touch. To complicate matters, touch is performed within a social context that includes the nature of the relationship within which the touch is performed, as well as a host of attitudes, conventions, and constraints that are imposed by the society in which the touch occurs. The preceding factors come together to determine what form of touch is delivered and how. Let's consider each of these facets in turn. As we described above, touch can have a variety of different goals in both social and personal relationships. In the sphere of social standing, we use professional and social ritual touches, such as handshakes, to maintain social relationships. On a personal footing, touch lets us express and reinforce our friendships and our sexual and intimate emotional connections. Our touch can synergize with and deepen what we share verbally with others. Touch also accompanies other ways in which we can connect with others, such as through eye gaze and facial expression such as smiles. In pursuing our relationship goals, we often find ourselves using touch to convey something specific to our partner, perhaps something about our mood or how we're feeling about our partner. We often find that words can fail our attempts at sharing such a vista into our internal state. Thankfully, touch can be a much more eloquent way to share such hard-to-convey information. In social situations, the meaning of touch is usually defined by social conventions. A handshake, for example, is an agreed-upon way to simply convey concurrence and support. In learning about social environments such as the workplace or the public forum, we are taught conventional ways of touching that are deemed appropriate in particular circumstances. 
The members of a society are expected to learn and abide by those touch-related conventions, which can vary from one society to another. In our personal relationships, we learn to use touch to share our feelings and our intentions with our partner. Touch serves as the artist's palette that we dip into to provide comfort and support to our partner, or to express our desire for sexual or emotional connection, or otherwise let our partner know how we're feeling. Touch can convey this information with subtle nuance through the specific ways in which we touch. A soft and lingering caress, for example, conveys a different message than does an urgent squeeze. As mentioned earlier, social context is an important ingredient of touch. The way a touch is received can be radically different for different recipients in different circumstances. Consider, for example, a gentle hug. When this occurs with a family member or other relative, that hug can convey simple closeness, support, and non-sexual caring. When that same hug is delivered to a superficial acquaintance or a stranger, it can be deemed inappropriate, unwelcome, or even creepy. When we give that hug to a partner who is in pain, it conveys caring, nurturing, and support. And when our partner receives that same hug, but while they're in a playful and mischievous mood, it may inspire desire in them. Using touch artfully and sensitively requires considerable emotional intelligence learned over the course of a lifetime. Having a partner who possesses such artful touch can be a source of great pleasure and satisfaction. It's worth practicing the language of touch. Let's assume that one has decided what they want to deliver to a partner through touch. That is, that they have a goal and intended meaning in mind, along with an envisioned circumstance in which that touch will be delivered. That still leaves open the question of what sort of actions can best convey that intent. Here again, we encounter the need for artfulness in touch. We have many touch tools at our disposal, ranging from the overt to the subtle. We can choose from many kinds of hugs or pats or brushes or squeezes, to more formalized touch such as massage, to touches that are specifically meant to deliver sensual pleasure, or to build sexual desire and anticipation, such as kissing. Which actions a person chooses, and how that touch is delivered, reflect the goals and character of the toucher. In reviewing what we've observed about touch, it's clear that touch is a very important form of communication in relationships. Receiving touch involves a process in which the receiver interprets the toucher's intentions. That implies that the partners must know each other well, to ensure that the touch is received as intended. The toucher needs to be attuned to their partner's response, to sense whether the touch is welcome or not. This attunement is actually a subtle aspect of the notion of consent. A partner may be verbally saying yes to touch, but their body may be shouting no through rigid muscles or turning away or other physical signs of unwelcome touch. The person initiating touch needs to be aware of and respectful of such physical signs. Touch can convey a huge range of emotions. These span the spectrum of positive emotions such as love, gratitude, sympathy, and happiness. Touch can also convey powerful negative emotions such as sadness, anger, disgust, or fear. Touch gives us the power to share all aspects of our inner life with a partner. Touch is reciprocal, involving both the toucher and the receiver at the levels of emotion, thought, body, and spirit. It can serve as a source of emotional bonding between partners. As we've noted, the physical occurrences that accompany touch, such as oxytocin release, can reinforce the partner bond. It can increase the level of intimacy within a couple. Of course, that level needs to remain within the comfort zone desired by both partners. When that's the case, though, touch can let the partners connect in a way that no amount of spoken language can. 
As noted in the introduction to this episode, it would be wonderful to have the Two Open Doors community engage through consideration of a few questions regarding touch. Please share your thoughts. First, what is your personal relationship with touch like? Is it a welcome and regular part of your life? Do you have reservations or concerns around touch? Next, are there ways in which you find touch to be more effective than language in communicating with the important people in your life? If so, in what ways? And, what do you see as the principal influences that shaped your attitudes about touch? Family, schools, churches, or something else? To learn more about Two Open Doors and to engage with our community, I'd like to invite you to visit the Two Open Doors private Facebook group, the Two Open Doors meetup group, and the Two Open Doors website and blog at twoopendoors.com. I also invite you to contact me directly by writing to me at claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, at twoopendoors.com. I'd love to hear from you, and I'll use your inputs to guide my work on future blog posts and podcast episodes. Thanks for visiting Two Open Doors.